Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Just adding Kia from Penisa Pounds. Hey, Kia. Hey. How's it going? I love your hair. Thank you. Thank you. Not too bad. Just had a bit of a busy day, but not too bad. How's your day been? It's been really good, thanks. Yeah. Um, new week, new energy. That's sort of thing. Very true. I like the, I like the mentality. Um, to everyone who's just signing in, um, welcome to... Oh, hello, Money Medics. <laughs> welcome to episode three of the Mr. Money Jar Show. We're joined today by Kia Commodore, the founder of Pennies to Pounds. I'm a big fan. Um, and we're here today to discuss the, the Black Pound. Yes, we are. How are you doing today, Kia? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been excited for this conversation all day. Like I've, been, I've been gearing up and been ready, ready for half six to have this conversation with you. Wicked. Could you start off by telling us a bit about Pennies to Pounds, why you started it and um, what it's about for people who may not be familiar? Yes. So Pennies of Pounds is a financial literacy platform. Initially started off with a podcast, which I started last year, October now. And the aim was to educate young people on financial literacy, but jargon free, because I know that the information is out there, but it can be very jargonated. So I wanted to kind of remove that and simplify it so people can understand the core topics without having to be like, I don't get what this means. So that was the whole premise behind the podcast. Then it kind of grew into a platform. So I had social media accounts, those kind of grew. And then I created the websites. That's the most recent thing to kind of, you have, have like a central place for all the information for everyone to be able to visit the website and have everything that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so very similar journey for myself. I think mm-hmm. I grew up um, obviously not learning about money at all at school, um, having very limited conversations at home and just wanted to, create a platform where I could share my experiences and yeah. things that I found out about. So that very much uh, resonates with me. And for anyone who's not listened to Pennies to Pounds, Kia did an excellent episode at the start of June about goal setting, um, where you talk about how you landed some of the bigger clients you've worked with. So yeah. Monzo, for example. Yeah. Could you tell us about how you ended up working with them? That was, that was a crazy one. So I remember at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I'd never done a vision board before. But one okay. of my friends called me up and said, let's you know, come around to my house and do some arts and crafts and do a vision board. And she made me watch a YouTube video of someone making their vision board. And I was like, this seems pretty cool. So we went mm. out and everything. And then we came home. And then she was like, right, manifest everything that you want for this year. And Monzo was one of the things I put on there. So bearing in mind, at this time, I'd only been, podcast only been live for about three, four months. Monzo were following me on social media, but doesn't mean anything. They, they follow a lot of people. You had a follow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they followed me on Twitter. But again, I didn't really take that as anything. But I said, you know what? I want this. I Hopefully, somehow, some way, it will happen. I didn't see it happen, by the way. I just, I just said it, but I wanted it to happen. And then I took a picture of my vision board, put it on my Twitter account. So a lot of people liked it, asked how I made it, this and that. And then Monzo happened to see it. And they were like, this is super cool. Um, we want to send you out you know, like some goodies. So I was like, oh my gosh, Monzo going to send me something. So <laughs> nice. I was over the moon. So they sent me like this huge parcel in my house. 
uh, with like another vision board, like double the size of the one I made with all the, the materials to make another one that could kind of like make it a lot nicer. So that was really sick. And then about a month later, we came into this working relationship and I was just like, whoa, like, I don't know how this happened, um, but that was absolutely amazing. Oh, you you you, um, you made a goal and then, and then you went for it. I'm a yeah. big fan of visualization. Um, I don't, but I'm more of a digital guy. So my vision mm -hmm. board's on Pinterest. So oh, I have yeah. different pictures and then I put down what the goal is and um, like, like why I want to achieve it as well. That's wicked. I like that. The thing we're here to discuss today is this tweet that you tweeted, I think at the start of the month, that's gone viral. I think 2,000 retweets counts as viral, <laughs> which is around the black pound. Yes. And I'll just restate this tweet for everyone that's listening. Black spending in the UK equals 300 billion pounds. The black community makes up 3% of the UK population. Yeah. And black businesses generate 10 billion pounds for the UK economy. Despite that, 95% of the spending is done outside of the black community. Just 2% of spending is done with black businesses. And that's from the black business champions. Yeah. So I'm going to try and play the side of devil's advocate of the side okay. of the discussion. Mm -hmm. And I'd like you to, yeah, why, why, do you, why was this something that you thought you had to tell people? At that day in particular, when I made that tweet, a lot of mm. people were kind of, we were, we were championing black businesses, we were like, yeah, tag yourself below. And prior to this, this Black Lives Matter movement, I had made a tweet, I think in January, where I created a thread and I said, any black owned businesses, tag yourself below. And when mm. I made that thread, I got a lot of people tagging themselves, which was amazing. And I also got a lot of backlash. So I got a lot of... Backlash? Yeah, I got a lot of people who were calling me racist, um, primarily white people. Um, but they were calling me racist because I was focusing on black owned businesses and not all businesses. You know, sounds familiar. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was very much like, well, this tweet is aimed at my community. You know, I was trying to explain, not explain, but I was trying to say we are underrepresented, um, we are underprivileged, all these things. I want to bring, um, bring attention, bring awareness to these businesses as I have a platform. But I had a lot of people reporting my account, a lot of people saying horrible things to me that I had to just take in and kind of throw back out. So now, now we fast forward to where we are now. So everyone's kind of championing black businesses, but I almost felt like we were just saying it. And I wanted people to understand the power that we have as black consumers, as black individuals. So I went out, did the research. Um, anyone who follows me on, on Twitter will know I'm a lover of stats. If, if I can bring in a stat to change <laughs> that point, I will bring in that stat. So Love it. I, I, knew, I knew I wanted to make that point, but I knew it would be even more impactful if I had stats. So obviously I found that on the Black Business Champions website. Yep. Um, and I kind of put that tweet together. And I think it really shook a lot of people to understand, wow, like how powerful we are in the economy and how little we funnel towards our own businesses. And 100%, sorry to just cut you. Sorry. 300 billion pounds for the listeners at home is equivalent to 15% of the UK's GDP. So we make up 3% of the population. Actually, if you include people who are of black heritage, we make up 5% of the population as at yeah. the 2011 census. But we are massively punching above our weight. Exactly. You know? That's a huge number, that 300 billion number, but please do continue. Exactly. So I wanted to kind of raise awareness so people were, were able to understand how powerful we are um, and how little, like I said, we funnel back to black businesses. Um, because like, <laughs> there's a lot of talk and saying that, you know, we want to help black businesses, we want to change our shopping 
talked about black-owned businesses. And granted, someone um, had this conversation with me and they were basically saying, like, I don't get the point. That I don't get the point of this tweet because, you know, like... They, they were looking at it very literal. They're like, well, if, if black people make up 3% of the population and yet you only spend 2% towards black-owned businesses, then I that's very proportional. And I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> in the slightest. But obviously, they were taking it very literal with the numbers as opposed to yeah. understanding what they mean. But yeah. when I say that we need to direct more towards black and businesses, 100%, we cannot switch all of our shopping from other business owners to black owned businesses. Like, no we'd have to lock off Instagram. Exactly, know? exactly. Like, yeah. there's, there's so many things that, so many places that we shop, we can't just give it all up. There's, there's loads mm -hmm. of things which aren't black owned. So, granted, we can't switch completely from one to the other but we can be more mindful um and where where possible maybe okay i can buy from this place but equally is there a black owned alternative maybe i'll give my money to this business that's more what i'm trying to raise awareness towards yeah um by the way if you have any questions or um comments do drop them in the chat we always get to them um so that's why you tweeted do you have any recommendations for people who want to be more intentional with their spending because the point that you make is true if you are part of i won't call a, a race but if you're part of the mainstream majority in any market there's an extent to which you just spend and it just ends up within your community because you make up the majority of that community but yeah if you are in the minority you know you, you kind of have to do that intentionality piece don't you yeah absolutely um any recommendations as you as you mentioned um there i've, I've noticed an emergence of directories so like black directories. me too on yeah. social media so, so, yeah exactly. so a lot of accounts um or a lot of people are building websites where they're just trying to funnel so like, like a one-stop shop for finding black owned businesses mm -hmm. so there are definitely an emergency if you haven't come across as a black person if you haven't come across it yet I'm, you sure will because i've come across about five ten i'm sure you've been tagged in a couple of them though no? yeah yeah I have. yeah 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 so there's a whole emergence of it so i think now i think a lot more people are thinking a bit more black owned especially black individuals are thinking right i want to be more intentional obviously where i am on twitter i see a lot of these black businesses all the time so to me this mm -hmm. is the norm like regardless of the movement this has been a norm seeing black owned businesses um on my my timeline it's been normal but for people who want to be more intentional maybe don't don't see that then there are multiple directories that you can kind of navigate yourself to and say you know what for example like greeting cards right we, we can go to um clinton's you know clinton's is normal we can go to card factory or equally, we can go to Hood Greetings, which is yep. owned, you know, a card um, distributor. There are there are ways that you can kind of change the way that you spend your money. Um, money medics. Sorry, I'm to type. Is there any data on what we spend? Uh, spend the money. I haven't actually had a look. I can have a look though. Yeah, um, on what we spend the money on versus luxury spending. I don't think so. Do you, do you know yeah. what, what? What I found when I do my research is that there's very little information with regards to the the black pound. So. Mm. I think someone asked me what is black spending in our community versus like the Asian communities, the Asian spending in their community. There is there's little to no research or um, data which can sh show that. Even yeah. the government don't have any kind of official statistics to prove anything um, yeah. because the research just hasn't been done, really. Yeah, but that presents a fantastic opportunity for the people who are building directories, for the people who want to start generating this data because yeah. then people will flock to it. I just wanted to drop a name to the hat as well. So Jammy, uh, mm -hmm. J-A-M-I-I, -I, yes, um, discount yeah. card for black owned businesses. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's a very sort of quick win. I think it's fourteen ninety five for the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a card myself, and through them you'll get this huge kind of discovery platform of different black owned businesses. Yeah. Um, oh, we've had another question. What is your view on the Brixton pound and black focus currency? Oh, I mean, I, I, I don't live in South London, so I don't feel like <laughs> I have um, an opinion on that. I live in East London, um, so I have more of an insight in East London than South London. Okay, so the Brixton pound was a similar thing. It was a, a currency that was introduced in... I, I come from South London, yeah, so yeah. it's currency that's introduced in Brixton to keep money within the economy. Okay. And I think when it... The thing about the black pound is... Um, and Black Pound Day, which is on the 27th of June, is it's an initiative that's focused on keeping money within the community. Yeah. It's only one piece of the puzzle. The community also needs inflows. Yeah. It needs money to come in, which is yeah. then reinvested. There's a really interesting piece in the Times um, in, uh, in May. Every year, the Sunday Times publishes the rich list. Mm -hmm. And um, this year, the 1,000 richest people in the UK... Um, only 85 of them were from a minority background. So not wow. that 85, four were black. Wow. And there was this piece, I forgot the name of the author, um, but I can, I can show it in the show notes, who, who was talking about the reasons why this may be the case. Now, access to capital was one of them. So black business owners and, and networks, it being more difficult to access capital. But it said that other minorities, like uh, the Asian community, will invest in themselves and it talked about the founder of boohoo.com yeah yeah online clothing yeah. store who then bought pretty little thing which was founded by his sons exactly yeah it's absolutely crazy it's crazy and they are so wealthy that the amount of businesses he owns pretty little thing i think two other brands as well that were well known they've escaped me right now yeah they are so wealthy because they keep their money to themselves like i can speak for my area um so my area where i live in East London is mm. heavily um, Asian community it's definitely very heavily the Asian community um, and there are many shops I go into so like if I go into the hair shop and then I go into the food shop and then I go into the fish shop uh, maybe to buy meat or whatever to buy fish yeah yeah they're all family owned and I know that yep. because I see one person who works in a hair shop in the meat shop but yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll and be then, talking yeah, to each other. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my uncle's shop, and then that's my uncle's <laughs> They all just kind of keep the yeah. money within themselves, and yeah. they just use the money to reinvest and buy another business for the family. Yeah. That's what they do. Whereas I feel like um, with a lot of black businesses, may maybe there's one, some someone will take the leap and, you know, have one, and then that's kind of where we just leave it. And then that's it. Yeah. Which I think yeah. is the difference. I think, yeah, so in inflows comes from, so the point you're making there is that I, I agree. That's been my experience too. Growing up as a black person, I've noticed that a lot of the businesses that black people tend to frequent are not run by and owned by black people. Yeah. So there's a thing there about the business appealing to the mainstream majority or to people outside of your community so that the money can come in. Yeah. But there's also the things that you talk about on Pennies to Pound platform, which is property ownership, employment, investing. These are all ways that we as black people can generate wealth which we can then use to reinvest because if we're just reinvesting then fair enough we keep the pie in one place but the, the pie doesn't grow exactly i absolutely agree and for me in my family um i think so my dad owns property and two or three of my aunties own property so i have six aunties so four of them out of eight of them own property 
Okay. And for me, so growing up, that's always been normal. So my aspiration has always been to own my own house because I've grown up around it. And then as I got older and I had more conversations with friends who may be of you know, African descent because I'm Caribbean, they were just like, that's, that's crazy. That, to, to them, that was like a huge accomplishment. And to me, I thought that was so normal just because of the background. That because I of what you grew up around. Exactly. Yeah. That's all I've known. I've just known that my, my dad's got a few properties here and there. So obviously where we live and he's got other properties. So I've always been like, I want to be the same. I want to have multiple properties like my dad's. Yeah. People were just like, that's crazy. Like, I, I can't even fathom that. And I think that's what a lot of the black community need to kind of, we need to gear ourselves towards property ownership again. I know when my grandma's generation, that was just the norm. You know, you come over from where, wherever you come over from and you work hard and you work, work, work to be yeah. able to pay off the mortgage and to have your house. And I feel like as generations have gone by, it's just we've, and it's, this is not to knock anyone who does it, but we've just become used to renting and used to just, you know, I've got my place, I'll just rent it. And if I have to move out, it's fine, I'll find a place and rent it. Um, as opposed to saying, okay, I'm going to rent now, but then I'm going to try and save a bit of money hopefully save up a deposit or do xyz save up a deposit so that we just become very comfortable and again this isn't to knock anyone who is renting mm -hmm. it's definitely convenient um, yeah people I, I i rent for instance so, so definitely advantages yeah of course there's absolutely advantages as you say but there is definitely um a, a need towards at least more black people looking towards home ownership than we currently have yeah and here's a question that you know we we kind of touched upon this when we caught up last week but yeah. do you see the Black Pound and the Black Pound movement as part of the Black Lives Matter movement, or do you see it as an addition to the Black Lives Matter movement? Because, you know, sorry? Okay, hello? Yeah, no, I'm here. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Okay, wicked. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you see it as an addition to or part of? That's interesting. I see it as an addition to. I don't think, I think, what we're talking about with the Black Pound, I think this is more geared towards the Black community, whereas the Black Lives Matter movement is to raise awareness to other communities with regards to our injustice as Black individuals. So I think it's in addition to because, as I mentioned earlier, when I made that tweet, I had some people come at me who weren't part of the Black community saying, well, I don't mm -hmm. what's, the, what's the problem? I don't get it. And I had to say, well, that's, that's absolutely fine if you don't understand, because my message was geared towards Black individuals. That, that's yeah. what the message is. So yeah. that's why I don't think it's necessarily part of the movement. Yeah. Um, I think it's like an add-on, just, just geared towards black individuals, black community. Yeah, and what you're saying, I think, um, makes a lot of sense because if you look at the backlash that Andy jo Anthony Joshua faced a couple of weeks yeah. ago, Black Lives Matter is very, it's not black people speaking to each other because, of course, we think yeah. Black Lives Matter, we're, we're yeah. black 24-7. It's a yeah. message from the black community to all other communities. Exactly. But then there's almost a second part of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is kind of black people coming together as a community and speaking to themselves. And when he talked about shopping black businesses, I guess the majority that were listening to him speaking were then like, oh, he's speaking to his people. He's not speaking to us anymore. And then they didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I we need to, yeah, we need to try and I guess know who we're speaking to when we're when we're pushing these these messages yeah and like, like, I, like I mentioned i think definitely the the whole changing your 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 shopping habits towards wherever possible more black owned businesses is definitely just for the black community obviously our communities you're more than welcome to do so you know sorry about that i got a phone call um i'm not gonna stop you. <laughs> i'm not gonna stop you from um 
you know, put your money towards black owned businesses if you're not black, that's absolutely fine. But this message is definitely just for the black community to, to be aware um, of, of our current spending habits. I know for me, I, I am definitely, definitely, I hold my hands up. I don't spend towards black communities really because for convenience, you just think, oh, I know that brand, I'll just shop here because I need yeah. to do that. Whereas now I want to be more intentional with my spending and be like, right, I can order this, but can I wait? If I can wait, maybe I'll go and look for a black owned business to see if they can do that because the only way that we're all going to come up is if we funnel money back into the community. Let me just take some more questions from the floor. We've had a few. Ah, hey, David, NYC. We've got America watching at the moment. Um, can you circulate some of the black business directories? Yes, absolutely. We'll tag mm -hmm. some of those after the show. Um, the. the True group bad. Many shops in black communities are not owned by black people, even though black products and foods are being sold. Agreed. That's been part of my experience. Making money simple. Um, investing is a great way to generate wealth. In index funds, that can be done very cheaply and easily nowadays. Yeah, tons of platforms. We covered that last week on the show. Um, gosh, question coming in. Yummy Diva, our culture has so much talent, but I believe you are ignorant when it comes to business and money. Well, thanks to platforms like Pennies to Pounds, <laughs> we can educate. Animists for Money Child, we can educate. Money Medics, again, do you think yeah. other races have been able to generate substantial windfalls in wealth due to how long they've been situated in the UK, or does mm. it all fall down to our spending habits? What are your thoughts on that? Mm. I think it's almost like, it's almost 50-50. Um, I think definitely how long that some communities have been situated at least in the uk anyway they definitely do have almost like an advantage over the black community but i also do think spending habits does have a part to play in it for example to me when um if i remember correctly when gucci made that face mask was it that yeah you, you know with the red lips you do not want to yeah yeah it got it, it got shut down didn't it exactly but there was, yeah. a, there was a huge outrage from the black community and they give it three months and then everyone's buying Gucci again. <laughs> so, like, I, I literally saw someone earlier who, who was showing off their purchase from Gucci, and I was like, yeah. am, am I remembering correctly that they, they did something racist not long ago? But yeah. I think as consumers, we, we aren't very intentional. We're, we're too forgiving. We are definitely too forgiving because there are so many brands who have done things, and they're, they're only apologizing because they got caught, if I'm honest mm. with you. They only say sorry because they got caught. If they really cared, they wouldn't have done it in the first place. But as black consumers, we just go back and say, okay, well, I forgot about that now. So I want to purchase this Gucci belt. And that's what I want. Um, so I definitely think we need to be more intentional. Um, and designer, designer's fun, but I don't know if it's necessarily as important, especially the, the younger generation I found, think that it's like the be all and end all. I need to have designer. Like my brother, he's, he's 17. And okay. if I ask him, what, you know, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? He's like, can you get me Gucci this? Can you get me this? He, he was a designer. And I'm like, but what, what does it, doesn't serve any purpose other than for the, for the young generation, my friends can see me and think I have money. He doesn't yeah. really. I can tell you he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. Money, but well, the interesting thing about that is to show, you know, looking like you have money means that you've spent it and given to someone else. And I think that's a, a mentality that you need to, uh, to rethink. Exactly. We just had a couple more comments um millennial money uk very interesting discussion based on some research we've done on economic empowerment it really is the most effective way to liberate groups from property agreed skilled funds got a question what are your ideas on how we can change the mindset of our people who always ask for discounts because it's black owned see that one that one really does it does kind of i don't understand why people do it 
And I feel like a lot of people do it to black-owned businesses and to their friends who start up businesses. I personally have never done it. If, if my friend wants to offer me a discount, then that's, that's their prerogative. I, mm. Whereas I'm perfectly happy to pay full price because I want to support the business. But I think that we really need to kind of push, maybe just, just educate people on the reason why we pay the full price and why we don't ask for discounts, whether you know them personally or not, whether they're black-owned or not. The reason why we don't do it is because this is someone's business. Someone needs to earn yeah. an income. If, if, if that person who asked for a discount for someone else starting a business and then all their friends say, can you give me 50% off? You'd be like, what do you mean? Don't you want to support me? It's almost like getting people to kind of see the other side of it, which we don't do much um, to kind of change that mentality. But I definitely think it's a mentality that needs to change because a lot of people do it and I don't understand why. Agreed. Um, I'm just looking at the time. We're in the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. So there are some quick fire questions that okay. I like to ask our guests. Okay. Uh, so first quick fire question is, if you were to win the lottery today, let's say you were to win £10 million, how would you spend it? I would buy myself my first house. Don't mind where, as big as I can get, um, pretty outside London, but as big as I can get. I would also buy myself a new car. Yep. Get, what car would you go for? Um, well, my name's Kia. I drive a Kia, so I'd buy like, the biggest Kia. <laughs> That's what I'd Fair get. Um, and then probably put the rest into savings. Like, put the rest into savings until I've decided what I actually want to do with it. If I want to invest it, what I want to do. But that's pretty. Those, those are my two, my two priority purchases, I'd say. Nice property, car, savings. Yeah. Uh, second question is, what's the biggest money mistake you've ever made? Biggest money mistake? Biggest money mistake? Um, I'd say when I first got my credit card, I was 20. I was in university, second year. Um, I, I knew it wasn't my own money because I was aware. I had the education. I knew what credit cards were. But the moment it landed in my hand with that pin, I blew that. I blew it and I had a limit of £1,000 and I, I blew it up in about a month. Yeah. And it was down to me to kind of cut it down. So I think that's probably the biggest mistake I, I made. I, I kind of fell into that trap. The way that we treat students in this country is just mind blowing to me. It's like we set people up to fail. You go through a schooling system which teaches you like maths, so yeah. theory, but no application. And then like when I started uni, the leading bank account at the time was NatWest. So they did a three-year interest-free overdraft, two grand. Mm -hmm. And like, I knew nothing about debt. And I knew nothing about like repaying an overdraft. And like you, I just spent all of the money. And I couldn't even tell you what I spent it on. Same, same. And I, I did it just because you got like a, a free rail card. Oh, but... yes, yes, yes. But, you're, but then you're spending... Anyway, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> it's just, it just seems like a big trap. Yeah. And then... But, oh, Kieran, don't forget that NatWest rail card. Yeah, the yeah. 16 to 25. <laughs> but, then you're, but then you spent two grand. So you haven't actually saved any money net. I know. Um, oh, yeah. And then the third question is, uh, what are your 10-year money goals? I'd, lo I'd love to hear what people's money goals are. Um... Money medics. There are banks on campus, but no money clinics. Doesn't make any sense. Completely agree. Money medics, you're absolutely right. It's true. Um, I've never actually been asked this question, so I. Tanya, okay. Um, what What would you have a, if we fast forward ten years? Yeah. What one thing would you want to have achieved regarding money? Regarding money, um, I'd say probably home ownership plus yeah. an additional property that I would be letting out I think at least one property 
hopefully. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my aim. Yep. And, and we know from your Monzo visualization exercise that you're very good at setting goals and getting what you want. So I'm sure you'll achieve it. <laughs> it's on my vision board. So let's just yeah. get it. Oh, we've had another question from Smart Money Management. Most people are asking us about investing abroad. There are faster, there are must faster growing and less mature economies around the world, mostly Africa. Should we, uh, the, should we invest in Africa as you're investing in the West? Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Investing in, in African businesses, it's not something that I've personally done or have too much um, have too much experience in, but I, I remember over Christmas, lots of people went back home, not just Africans, but Caribbeans as well. And I was like, this is really cool. Like people are actually, the thing is the year of the, of the return yeah. initiative. Yeah. Um, again, I'm similar to you. I don't have much experience per se. But it's definitely something that I've wanted to do. So I'm from Dominica and Jamaica. So I've okay. really wanted to give back and to set up a business in Dominica um, because they, they experience loads of hurricanes, loads of all this. And a lot of people, they're happy, but they're not very well off. So it's mm -hmm. something that I want to do. But again, I, I think I'd anyone who wants to do it, definitely go ahead, but do everything. And my, my whole thing is do everything with research. So be well informed yeah. of what you're going to do. Um, so you hopefully minimize any kind of mistakes that can, that can arise. Nice. I think that's a good note to end the show on. Any final, so Black Pound Day is coming up on the 27th of June. Yeah. Any final recommendations for people who want to get involved in, in the initiative and maybe want to take it forward past the day because it's just the day, but you can Black Pound whenever you want. You can Black so Pound whenever you want, yeah. Any, any final recommendations for everyone? As you said, we're going to link some... Um, own directories below and I'll send you some as well. Yep. I would definitely hey. sorry guys. <laughs> my phone wanted to give up on me. It just literally I was talking and then it just rebooted and I was like No worries. No worries. Sorry guys. Sorry. These things happen. It's a life. But you were you were just about to give everyone your recommendations around um what they can do in advance of um Black Pound Day and beyond. Yes. So prior to my phone rebooting yeah. I was saying that there. I've said. So, we'll circulate the the directories. Yes. Yep. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll we'll tag those in so you can have a look. There's loads of directories out there, but definitely what I'm going to do myself anyway is be more intentional. So when I come to purchase something, so when I sit down, I think I'm going to buy some new clothes. I'm going to think, is there a black owned version? Obviously, there isn't black owned everything, like I mentioned. Yeah. But is there a business that I can give my money towards to kind of help them out? as opposed to, you know, a business which is already well and thriving, earning millions and millions off everyone else. So I'm going to be more intentional. I definitely would encourage all people to sit down and think if there's other um, alternative methods. I've definitely seen on my Twitter anyway, a lot of people, a lot of black individuals have said, I'm looking to do this. Anyone, can anyone recommend me a black owned person who does this? Yeah, example? so word of mouth is very powerful. So if you buy from a black business and you've had a good experience or you like it, use the power of social media and, you know, tell people about it exactly so I, I definitely would encourage people to to go out there and have a look people setting up businesses every day every single day so we can be more intentional with our spending and kind of funnel the, funnel the money that way yeah we've just had another question from money medics um i think it's a good a good question this is for another conversation but do you think we could recreate enough needs-based businesses i imagine what they mean by that is um 
kind of the types of things you wouldn't use your discretionary spending on. So I'm thinking essentials, um, that sort of thing. I definitely think we we can. I think it, it, it's not going to be an overnight job, as obviously I'm, I'm, I'm sure everyone is aware. Um, yeah. yeah, just general thoughts. Yeah, it's definitely not an overnight job, but I think hopefully what I'm hoping is that this movement has kind of not only hopefully changed up the minds of a lot of people who weren't aware of the injustices that we face as black people hopefully changed up the the thoughts and feelings behind black individuals with regards to how they want to spend their money how they want to build up their money so hopefully there as we speak hopefully there are people who were trying to you know channel down and think right so we, we can go in a supermarket like things as as small as like a supermarket someone must have tweeted that and i was like wow there isn't like a huge supermarket which is black owned. There's so many things which aren't black owned. Uh, so hopefully people are gonna kind of channel that and get that started up in probably a couple of years. What do you think? I completely agree with all of your recommendations. I think it's about, so discovery, directories, um, Jammy, businesses yeah. like Jammy that are curating black owned businesses. Then it's about intentionality thinking about your spending and just realizing that you ha as 5% of the population, we have to be intentional. Yes. And then it's about telling people about what you spent your money on, because a recommendation from someone is far more powerful than, you know, the business themselves telling you that you should yeah. buy from them. So I think those are the three parts of it. But then I'll also come back to what I said earlier on the live, which is that the Black, you know, Black Pound Day type initiatives are about circulating money within the community. The community mm -hmm. also needs money to come in from the outside yeah. so that the wealth can grow. And that's through things like business, employment, property ownership and investing. Yes. Absolutely. Which are things that we both talk about. Absolutely. This has been a wicked discussion, Kia. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. For Could you let everyone know where they can find you? Yes, so if you're looking for pennies to pounds, looking to learn a bit more, then obviously we are on the pennies to pounds account. We are on the official account on the live. We have the website, obviously, pennies to pounds.co.uk. The podcast is pennies to pounds podcast. Anything, just having pennies to pounds, we will come up. We will come up everywhere. Uh, if you're looking for me as an individual, then my handle on Twitter and Instagram is IKEA. So IKEA. IKEA. H yes yes <laughs> play on words with my name Kia IKEA um, but yes with, with regards to that tweet we mentioned in the beginning that is where my tweets are on on Twitter so IKEA underscore is where you'll find me there wicked thank you very much for joining thanks everyone at home for tuning in thank you for bearing with us during the uh, technical difficulties Sorry. this has been the third episode of the Mr Money Jar show we'll be back at six thirty um, next Monday. Amazing. Thank you very much, Kia, for joining, and we'll see you next week. Bye.